Hello and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Friday, September 9th, 2022. I'm Micah Chopley. All right. How's everyone? Sorry for the late show tonight. The show's starting a little bit later than usual. I was actually out with an old friend here in uh, San Francisco. Out with an old friend. Stayed out a little bit later than I thought I was going to. We had a nice conversation. Hadn't seen him in no, about 16 years. Very interesting. Uh, his name is Stu Starkey. He actually ran against John McCain in 2004 for Senate. He actually ran against John McCain in 04 for Senate in Arizona. And, uh, uh, the, of course, this was at the height of McCain's uh, popularity in Arizona, the height. And just four years before McCain decided to run for president. So he was really at the height of his popularity, not just in Arizona, but but around the country. And Stu ran against uh, ran against McCain. And the really interesting thing about it is obviously McCain was so popular and running as a Democrat alone in 2004 was <clears throat> very difficult to win in Arizona. I ran for Congress two years later. I ran for Congress in, in, in 2006 in Arizona. And actually, Stu helped me. He would uh, come in and, and introduce me and do speeches because he was well known for having run against McCain two years earlier. And uh, the interesting thing was, even though McCain knew he was going to win the election easily, I mean, we're talking, you know, 75, 25 <clears throat> kind of margin, I think, was the was the end result. Uh, John McCain still gave Stu debates. He still debated him, okay? And he didn't have to do that. And a lot of politicians these days don't do it. For for races that are a hell of a lot tighter, we're seeing races now, right, within like single-digit margins. And uh, and politicians don't want to debate. They refuse to give each other debates. But especially, you look at someone like Nancy Pelosi, right, who usually wins her elections, about that, right? 75, 25, 70, 30. She doesn't give her opponents any debates whatsoever. Okay. It could be a fellow Democrat and she won't give them any debates. So please understand the difference. As much as many people on the left maybe did not like John McCain, or they certainly liked him when he gave the thumbs down uh, for the skinny repeal, but that's like the old fashioned politician who said, you know what? Who realized that debating was important, that elections were important. Okay. And debating the issues and telling people where you stand on the issues were important. That was an important part of running for office. You don't just take it for granted. And, um, you know, Stu told me stories about McCain. He went, went out to did dinner after one of the debates. I mean, this is like you don't hear these things anymore. And so Stu now, by the way, who's been an educator for most of his life, is, is running a, uh, a website. And it's called waterforamerica.com. Waterforamerica.com. And Stu, living in Arizona, um, understands the issue with water. And they're in an incredible drought for about – until this year, the three previous years, they didn't even have a monsoon season in Arizona. So remember, Arizona, Maricopa County, Phoenix area is exploding, okay? It's exploding, and they're building everywhere. In fact, he was telling me about areas that have built up since I lived there, you know, 16 years ago. And – um they have no water. They are literally going to run out of water. And this is not one of those crazy, you know, leftist, Green New Deal, environmental hysteria things. They're literally running out of clean water and places to get clean water from. So Stu is trying to get people. And this is actually a problem. People on the left have a problem with this for some reason. And it has to do with desalination of water. And so there are six desalination 
watersforamerica.com, you'll see. Stu lays out these six uh, desalination plants where you can get water from, okay, and moving forward in the future. But there are a lot of people on the left, and Stu is a lifelong Democrat, but there are a lot of people on the left who don't want to hear it, okay, because of their crazy environmental lunacy. They don't want to get into desalination. And the problem Stu has is also the people on the right, as he tells me in Arizona, the people who are running as Republicans are just so extreme on that side that he can't really talk to them about anything other than anything has to do with Trump, the election being stolen from Trump. So he's having a lot of issues there, an issue that should be bipartisan. It should be bipartisan. We need water. People need water. Look what's happening in Jackson, Mississippi right now with the water. Fudge is coming out of their water faucets. Now, that happened because of, 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 a, of a natural event, right? But still, we need to have a place in this country where this is like third world country crap that we're dealing with here. And the West Coast, the, 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 the desert Southwest is dying. They're literally dying of not having any water. They don't have water. The, the generations from now, we're not going to have any, there's not going to be any water left. Once again, the valleys out there, like in Nevada and Arizona, are exploding. Their homes are being built all over the place. There's not enough water to go around now, let alone with the explosion they, they have had. I mean, when, I, when I ran for Congress in Arizona, there were only eight congressional districts. Now there are nine. There are soon to be ten. They're on the verge of getting a tenth. They almost did. That area is exploding, and they're running out of water. It, does not, it hasn't rained there. So the mountains aren't getting the snow. I lived in Flagstaff I, when I ran for Congress. I lived in Flagstaff, Arizona. And normally you get 100, 120 inches of snow every year. They don't get a fraction. They haven't been getting a fraction of that the last few years. So they're in a water drought problem. So Stu has waterforamerica.com. And he's going to be going around the country. He's going to be going to Iowa. He's going to be laying seeds for the, before the Iowa caucus. He's telling politicians those who own the water are going to own the vote. I think that's a very clever way to put it. Those who own the water are going to own the vote. This is not a sexy issue. It's not something we usually talk about here. But I believe after talking to Stu for the last few hours, this is going to be a very, very, very important issue moving forward. And remember, if you go to Iowa and Nebraska, they have their own drought there. There are lots of here in San Francisco and California droughts. There are droughts in many parts of this country, okay? Once you get away from the East Coast to the Southeast, there are droughts everywhere. But the, the desert Southwest is really in trouble. So go to waterforamerica.com and read up on this, okay? Read up about this issue. I think this is a really, really important issue uh, moving forward, okay? A very, very important issue. And it was great, it was great catching up with, uh, with an old friend from politics who um, remembered me when I was a progressive when I was a Bernie Crat, when I was a Deniac, you know, before I was a before I was a Bernie Crat, I was a Deniac. Okay, um, so take that for what you know. I, I don't, you know, I, actually, I fell out of love with Howard Dean when he became an establishment Democrat shill. You know, when he started talking, when he was in a Hillary Clinton's corner, then Joe Biden's corner. You know, when when a guy like Howard Dean, who was like the the Bernie before Bernie all of a sudden turns into this establishment Democrat. But you know what happened to Howard Dean? He became a big pharma guy. That's what happened to Howard Dean. He became this big pharma shill. Hey, does that sound familiar? Does that sound familiar? Like, hey, once they get you in their grasp, right? Once they get you in their grasp, I think the money is just too powerful. 
glad I'll get to you in a minute. Believe me, I'm not going to talk very long because I started the show late. Um, and I had a gin and tonic. And those of you who, who know me know that one drink, that's it. I can't do more than one drink. Even something as mild as a gin and tonic. You know, in these hotels in San Francisco, these drinks are like 15, 18 bucks. And they didn't even put that much gin in. It's mostly tonic. Still, I don't do that well with alcohol. And I don't know why. I guess that's good for me. I don't, I'm a cheap date. Um, but, but this water issue, I think, is really important. And I told him to contact Bobby Kennedy Jr. Because I know Bobby Kennedy Jr., um, was a big water guy. He's gotten into the vaccine thing now, which is great. But uh, he was a, always been a big advocate for water and, and clean water and getting clean water to places um, that need it. So basically, Jackson, Mississippi is having their Flint, Michigan issue now. And the dead of the Southwest is, you know, is dying because they're, they're in a drought. Um, so, yeah, that, that's 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 where that uh, all stands. Um we also talked about the old election, you know, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump and the, you know, the, the Arizona dynamic of that and the Arizona dynamic now and how it's changed and how we never could have envisioned 15 years ago that they would have two senators, two Democratic senators from Arizona. And I believe five of the nine uh, congressional seats are, are Democrat. I mean, this is I mean, Arizona was the was the good old boys Republican club for a very, very long time. And that, that dynamic has, has, has changed a lot. It's more of a purple state now, just like Georgia. Although my prediction is, and I spoke to Stu about this, I think Georgia's going back. I think Georgia's, I, I think the Republicans are going to win in Georgia this year. I don't think they will in Arizona. I think Arizona's going to stay Democratic and Georgia's going to flip back to Republican. That's just my prediction. We spoke about other things too. Uh, Vlad, don't go anywhere. I'll get to you in a second. Don't go anywhere. I see you there. I see you there. Okay, stay there. Don't move. Um, but my prediction is, uh, Stu thinks Trump's running. I don't think he will. But we'll see. He thinks Biden's not running. I agree with that. We'll see how it goes. But, um, you know, right now I'm just thinking, you know, I, 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 I can't see either Trump or Biden running for president two years from now. Right? The election will be more than two years from now, people. Think about that. Think about how old these guys are. Enough old white men. Enough. Except for Vlad. No, Vlad's not an old white man. How you doing, Vlad? I'm, I'm just a 49-year-old brown man. Yeah, we're both the same <laughs> I hope age. it's not that bad. I hope it's not that bad. <laughs> but you know what? It, it is true. I mean, never in our history have we had really presidents running after 72, 75. You spent, normally, they're retiring at that age. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's, but, it's, it's silly. At this point, it's getting to the point of absurdity, isn't it? Yes. We, we, we have to have a Congress that's willing to change the law, make it, like it says, above 35, but before 70, or at least 65. And you have to be in good cognitive check. You have to have a checkup, and you have to prove that you are in your five senses. This can never happen again. This is an embarrassment. Well, this is one of the reasons I'm no longer a Democrat, by the way. Well, it, 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 and also, I, I was speaking to Stu about uh, he's a Democrat, and I was talking about Fetterman and the fact that we have Fetterman who can't put – I mean, Fetterman's worse than Bush, right? Uh, uh, Biden, he can't put two sentences together, you know, and yet he's running for a United States Senate for a six-year term. And is it fair? And I know, I know what the Democrats want to do. They want him to win because Oz has not yeah. been a very good candidate. They want him to win, and then they'll replace him. The governor will replace him. And, and Fetterman was the one that had the stroke earlier this year, right? That's what I mean. And when he talks, he doesn't. He he, he can't speak. Yeah, I mean, he I can't mean, speak. The, the the Democrats are a joke. Again, I stopped being a Democrat around two thousand one, two thousand two. Mm -hmm. uh, I voted for for uh, Al Gore against Bush the first time, 
but I already the second time I had I was already a Republican and I was having a hard time, believe it or not, Mike, because I had to undo all the bullshit I had been taught all my life against the Republican, the evil white man. The white man is out to get you. You're a Latino. You're supposed to be in the Democrat Party. That's the bullshit I was indoctrinated with love at home by my Democrat parents. Well, I, I, I turned the table years later and I flipped on. I got at least a good six or seven people, former Democrats in my family, including my mom. The moment I told my mom about the LGBTQ homosexual issue, that did it. That did it. And she flipped. She goes, I'm never voting for Democrats again. I had to explain it to her with love the truth. And I told her, I go, mom, we can't be voting these people in power anymore. My, my mind opened in from 28 years of age, 31, uh, more or less 32, as I was go- attending school, preparing for information technology. And I was challenging a lot of the sociology, psychology, all that hum- humanist, uh, humanities bullshit. Little by little, it wasn't as bad as now, but they were indoctrinating all this left-wing progressive feminist garbage. And I used to bring it to the Bible college. I used to bring it up to my teachers. They were like, Vladdy, do you know about this? I go, no, I just thought I asked you. And they were correcting me, and I started just getting mad. And I was like, man, I've been lied to by these, by, by these uh, secular institutions. Right. I, I, didn't go, I didn't go out and start fighting with the teachers. Obviously, I wanted to get an A, but I, my mind started opening up that I started looking more into things. I started becoming more intelligent, looking into things, investigating before I just buying into it. And little by little, that was my track. And this is the thing with when I started discovering the things they were telling me about the Democrats, I couldn't believe they were the party of the KKK. They're the ones who were responsible against, they were anti-abolitionists. They didn't want the, the slaves to be freed. Yeah. They didn't want the, the civil rights until 1964 through Lyndon B. Johnson because he was forced by, 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 uh, by King, uh, Martin Luther King. Otherwise, it would have gone horrible, you know, protests and wars or, or whatever, right in the midst of the war and everything. And the thing got better, thank God. But the thing is, the Democrats weren't the party I was led to believe all this time. When my mind started opening, I go, you know what, I, I'm, I'm going to call them out on their bullshit. I'm, I'm more on the Republican side now, more conservative. I, my Christianity helped me a lot. That's why a lot of people don't understand. I had to really think. When I vote, I think my values. My values are not just what's up there politically. My values are Christian. My values are godly. My, I got I got to choose the candidates that match up. True, this is not a Christian nation as much as we wanted, but that doesn't mean I don't vote for people that are moral that have a good track record. I know Trump wasn't the best, but he's he's by far better than all these Trump. Now, if DeSantis is way better, then I I'll prefer him. I won't shoot any of them down, but if DeSantis run, I'll I'll, I'll run with him. I like his style. I like how he's what he did for his state. I God bless him. And may he continue doing the good work, especially this year that he's going to he's running again for governor again against Chris Christie, I think it is. And um, as as uh, Katie Lake, I think oh, it was for, Chris. for Charlie Chris. Yeah, Charlie Chris. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Chris, uh, Charlie Chris. Chris. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Christie, that fat guy from New Jersey. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, as of Carrie Lake in Arizona, she said that if once she gets into power as governor, she's going to clean house. This thing problem with Maricopa County and the vote, she's going to clean house and there's going to be arrests. There's, we got to start cleaning house with these bastards and we got to show them. I would prefer for them to have to go rather instead of being in jail locked up for 10, 20 years, whatever. I think we should have some kind of treason acts where they would be hanged in public like in the good old days. Well, and they would, ta- they would be taught a lesson so they'll never never betray the trust of the people and never subvert the vote of the people. 
my, my issue my issue with people on the right often using people on the left do it too using using religion is that often they just use it they don't really believe in it you know mm-hmm. you have you, you, i mean a guy like donald trump never went to church you know but then you use it because you believe you need to use it to get voters just like the, what the democrats have done with the minority votes they yeah. use them they use black and brown people to get their votes but did it do anything for them once they're in office? No, they do nothing for them. So that's that's my issue: is just using people who you know react to a certain mm-hmm. to certain issues, to certain words like God, godly, you know, church. Going. Yeah, I, I know there, there's a lot of phonies and yeah, even, a lot of charlatans. Even, out there. Yeah, charlatans. and I, I don't like that. That's true. That's true. I'm, I'm I'm not gonna say not everybody that says they're Christian is a Christian. I mean, how many times did Pelosi not do it? Schumer do it? And any hack that went up there just to speak and had a Bible. You know that's baloney. Even Hillary Clinton did it. Baloney, though her track with her track record, that's not that's not a Christian. She's more like a witch. So well, you know, I, 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 I you know, uh, one thing, I'm not a religious person, but if you are, and there are people who are in politics that are, they're not lying about it. They're not phonies. They really are religious. Then fine. If you be, if you truly believe in something, and you're not just saying it to get votes, right? But you truly yeah. believe in something, that's fine with me. And I was just talking to my friend Stu about Bernie, how I've really turned off to Bernie with a lot of his issues and, of course, the COVID stuff. But – and the fact that he had no balls to go up against the establishment, the Democratic establishment. Yeah. But, but, but I think I, I, you have to say about Bernie, at least he has principles. He believes in what he believes in. He has his whole life, and he believes these things will help people now. We can argue whether they would or they wouldn't, or they're realistic, or whether there's common sense attached to them, or you know, if they if they if they work in reality. But he truly believes in it, and he's not someone who got into politics like a Nancy Pelosi, right, to become a fat cat, to become a billionaire, and you know, a millionaire, to own th- mansions, and to get rich off the people, to get rich off being a public servant. So there are still people out there on both sides that really, truly have morals, ethics, values, and believe in what they believe in, and they believe those things will help the masses, okay? Those people, I think, are, are great. I mean, I, I think you have to have, we need more people like that in politics. And I think that's that's what we're missing right now. We're just, we're just missing people on all sides. That's why I can't say I've become, I, I don't think I've become Republicans. I don't like the two-party system. But I think I've, I've certainly become, over the last two and a half years, much more libertarian, much more conservative, Exactly. In my beliefs. There's no there's no doubt about that. There's no doubt I have I have come to the realization that I believe small government, smaller government, you need some kind of government. Smaller government is better for us than big government. It just is. And the government tell you, the government can't be our mommy and daddy. I know I know that of course that's from what you say right there. That's what the socialists or left wing progressive, all that shit, they would want a UBI to be living. I'm not saying you see, what I tell people is social programs are not bad, but you cannot keep people forever dependent on them, only as they need it. Otherwise, it will be an abusive welfare system, people leeching off for years, cyclical system that goes from the mother to the daughter that gets pregnant as a teenager and continues the repetitive pro- problem and, and never gets out of the ghetto, never gets out of the barrio, never gets out of the project, as they call it. Ego. So you cannot, you have to have accountability and you have to teach people you're, it's here to help you for a year, two, maybe at most. Get a small education and get your feet back on, on at work. Get your butt off the couch and get your ass to work, pretty pretty much. But, it, you know, we should have safeguards, yes. That's what I keep on hearing from the progressive. But one thing I've told them very clear, the socialists and Marxists, I've told them very clear, I would never go against the country and follow your ideology to overthrow. That's a load of crap. It took... 
five, I think four to five generations to get us here, to get us the best country in the world, and you're going to screw it up with one? I don't think so. You know, I'm not going to back you up ever on anything like that. Uh, Mike, you were mentioning something regarding Tim Kaine, and now he's a pharma boy. A lot of them, believe it or not, Mike. No, how, Howard in, Dean. Howard Dean. Oh, Howard Dean. Howard Dean. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and how they get and how they get into into positions of power. Well, when they do, and then they they become lobbyists. Obviously, they they become they become a, a tool of the you know pawn of the of the of the. Yeah, that's corporate. what that's what Dean became a lobbyist for Big Pharma. That was that's his yeah. job. So again, that's one of the reasons you rarely hear about him left or right. So now he's lobbying for them. He's their boy. Obviously, pushing the the COVID, I wouldn't doubt it, vaccines and all that, since it has to do course, with pharma. Of course, and so so now you you won't hear them in politics. So they're all just looking out for their 174 or 200 thousand or more salary yearly or more, whatever. You remember the, the I think it was Boehner, the crybaby, just as he left uh, as he left the uh, the Senate and shit. Well, sorry, the House of uh, the House of Representatives when he left. And later on, years later, I think this was maybe two years back, we found out he was doing the peddling for for marijuana. So he he was doing all the CBD marijuana. He became their 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 boy. And and you know what? When the money is good, the shit. Even if they're peddling crap, literally crap, from when you go to the restroom, they'll sell it as long as they get a good salary. That that's that's how low they're going. That all they really look for is their payday. These people should really be vetted before. Before they get into power, to see if they're fit for office, there there should be not only a, psych, a psychological test profile done on them and stuff like that, but they need to be checked because we have a lot of phonies, people like AOC. I'm sorry, they should never be in power. Women like that. I'm not saying because just that they're women or anything like that in particular. Men too. People at in that situation should never. Hold office. They're too dangerous for 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 being in office. Well, she's a, a political moron. She's a political moron, is what she is. She is exactly politics are absolutely moronic. You know, um, uh, and it's basically once again you're talking about someone who just likes to say what she believes her people want to hear, and that's what, exactly that's, you know that, that's what it comes down to at AOC. It's just appealing. It's appealing to a very. It's appealing to like young people who are just pissed off at everything. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. And, and, you know, it's, it's sad. It is what it is, unfortunately. But we could change it. There's hope. There's still ways to save the nation. I, I, I don't know. What do you see in the future, Mike, if things don't get better? Do you see a fractured United States? Do you see people, the states seceding? It's too dramatic with this stuff because people are always talking about this through the through the day, through the years. You know, this is going to happen. There'll be a civil war. There's going to be the you know the, the country's going to split in half. Blah blah. blah. I, mm-hmm. I don't I don't see any of that happening. I just think people are going to. You know what usually happens when people become just totally, uh, I guess, frustrated with everything is they usually just stop voting. And that's that's when we see these big, you know, drops in in voting totals and voting percentages. You know, when that's what Americans do, right? They they just tune out and they go, "We're not going to deal with this anymore. I'm not going to vote for anybody. I'm not going to vote for anybody." You know, so I think that's, but that kind of apathy is dangerous. You know, of course, yeah, because now you're you're allowing, like, uh, I think in the last uh, election that we had in the recall here in California, at least against uh, uh, Commissar Gavin Newsom. Uh, Larry Elders was running, and he was on the Republican ticket. He being a true libertarian himself, well, well declared, re- running on the Republican ticket. You know, it's been said that 30% of the of the Republicans that should have been there were not there. 
And a lot had to do with what's going on from the last elections and from from what happened in Georgia and all that. I mean, you can't blame people, but at the same time, people need to wake up. They don't want us to vote. They want us to be mentally fractured. So all the illegal aliens are voting. Anybody could walk in. That's why they don't want IDs. They don't want nothing. They put around. And with all this nonsense, why? Because they, they, they want anybody to vote. Uh, I think the judge, I think in New York, I'm not sure, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Mike, uh, not long ago said that the illegal aliens could not vote even at the city level. I think it was, I don't know if it was New York or what city exactly, but they, they said very clear, you cannot, you, you cannot have people that are illegal aliens voting for at the city, at the local level. No, New York that City, New York City wanted to make it legal, didn't they? Yeah, and I think they took it accord in the in the in the and in, in, in the it's in the not constitutional. Said, no. It's not constitutional. It's not constitutional. You can't vote if I, you're not I, a citizen. Come on, exactly. These people are insane. Hey, I know, I know. You must be very upset that Hillary announced she's not running again. Does that upset you, Vlad? Oh my God! How could you tell me that, Mike? What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> of course. Oh yeah. I was hoping more that she would have dropped dead already. <laughs> well, you know, she says she's not going to run. We know Hillary's word doesn't really mean shit, does it? Exactly. But but you know what? If she doesn't drop dead, she'll drop in front of people because last time she wasn't even able to hold, able to hold her her posture or anything. She's been falling too much in, in the, at least in 2016 throughout the elections. There were many instances where they caught her on video where she was falling, falling oh, apart. There's a famous video of her like dropping into the van where she fainted. Exactly. It's like, yeah. it's like that's sad. You know. That's sad. Uh, uh, let me tell you something, Mike. You remember me by this. I saw a prophecy. A prophecy. I, was heard, I heard a prophecy not long ago. Mm-hmm. It was probably from years ago. And I believe that, that and I'm not hoping it for it, that Biden will be the, the president that's going to die in office and this woman, the ugly one, uh, Kamala, she's going to go into power. If that happens, you remember who told you. Um, they're, <laughs> well, they're not going to sh- – yeah, he, he's just going to die probably in his bed Well, the or thing something. about Joe Biden, and I, I was talking about this with my friend Stu also, Joe Biden really – see, my friend Stu doesn't think that Jill Biden is going to allow Joe to run again. He thinks that Joe Biden will announce after the holidays, maybe December, January – that he's not running for re-election. And I think, you know, the thing about Joe Biden, though, is that to me, physically, he's okay. But mentally is where his problem. Now, we know people who have mental issues like Alzheimer's, dementia, if they're okay physically, if they've got a good ticker, they can go for a long time. They can live until their 90s. So Joe Biden can live another, well, another 15, 20 years. But, but does he have the mental capacity to be president for the next six years. I'll tell you where, where they want him as resident at the, at the convalescent white house, the Biden for resident. That's where they want him. <laughs> well, I, I think that, I think that, what do you think about spouses? Cause you know, talking about Biden running again, maybe not mentally or Jill might not want, what do you think about spouses? Like, let's look at Joe Biden, right? Mentally, he's not there. Forget it. Mentally, it's probably better for him to relax and not be president for the next two to six years. Correct. But also John Fetterman. I mean, the guy just had a fucking stroke. He's heavy. I, mean, I know I mean, he's not old. I mean, you know, back fat. in the day when the Democrats were more real, that they weren't socialists or anything, I would say like in the 80s, they weren't that bad. That's when my family did the most voting as I was growing up. I couldn't vote yet until after 1990. Um the whole thing is, Mike, they would call out these things. Democrats weren't that bad then, like they are now. I don't recognize, like, like just exactly like, like Ronald Reagan said, I never left the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party left me. What did he mean? The values that they, that they started adopting. 
And this is one of the things. A real Democrat, even a blue Democrat, which was considered conservative traditionalist, wouldn't allow the bullshit with, 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 uh, with Biden or he wouldn't allow it with Fetterman. Why? Because they're a danger. Logical, commonsensical, no rationalizing men and women do yeah. not allow this bullshit. They don't even allow this justice Democrat bullshit or this I'm a Democrat socialist bullshit. A real Democrat would have said, no, we're not aligned with that shit. Even, I think even AOC, maybe two years back, uh, just before COVID, a year before COVID, she said, uh, I've been doing a study and the Democrat party is not really socialist. Wow, stupid. It's, it's like, uh, it's like right in the middle. It's like, it's, it's, it's like a moderate party. She was like warning people. Well, yeah, it's been there. And you're the oddball here, really. If you well, really want to be, you know, socialist and communist party USA and Democrat Socialists of America, then run under that ticket. See how right. that goes for you. I know. You know? I, know. I, I think that both parties have a problem with extremists in, in this in this respect. I think when you talk mm-hmm. about the AOCs and the squad and those extremists, when you talk about environmental extremists, when you talk about people talking about how socialism and communism is, is better than capitalism, I think you have that extremism on the left. And you have the people on the right and Stu... Who lives, my friend Stu, who I just spoke to, who I had a drink with and who lives in Arizona, said this is a big problem down there. I mean, I haven't been there in 15, 16 years. He said the biggest problem is the Republicans running there are too tied to Trump in the way of they, all they want to talk about is how, how, how the election was stolen and how Trump really won. And that, like, at, at some point, you need to stop talking about that. At yeah. some point, you need to move on. Okay, whether you believe it was legitimate or not, it happened. This is the deal. Well, well this is the thing. It's not that, and that I'm pushing the Trump Republican, but I'm going to tell you something, Mike. People like the real shit that Trump did. They want real people to talk shit like that, to, to be bombastic, caustic, to be confrontive. They want real politicians and not these little silly, uh, silly sissies that acquiesce that they quiet and That's don't true. fight back and they're true. tired of that they, they're tired of that type of rep, rep, republican or democrat they want they, they want people like like marjorie taylor green yeah i might not like her but you know what she's one bad bitch right we they, need someone to be confronted we need a, 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 the whole of the senate maybe at least half of them to be fighting for america that's how radical we should be that, you know, that's the right sense of the word. That's how radical we should be. If you're really going to love your country, well, shit, fight like a mother. Go out there and do what has to be done. To yeah, I, think, I think when we look, when we try to point out, and I think it's very difficult. I think it's, it's difficult for people, like, if, if you hate Trump, it's very difficult to point out to people who hate Trump why people like Trump, Right. But I think you're putting a good finger on it here. You're saying it's because of this idea of a politician being, uh, quote unquote, real and fighting back and not taking any bullshit, not being a, quote unquote, sissy or snowflake and the usual political mumbo jumbo mealy mouth politician. I think that is why a lot of people on the right like Donald Trump. And I think people on the left need to understand that you need to kind of understand your opponent's appeal. You need to understand your opponent's appeal. If you're going to maybe defeat them or try to defeat them. And the fact of the matter is that you cannot talk to people. And just like people who love, um, you know, there are people who really like AOC and the squad and the people on the right don't want to hear it. And I'm saying, look, there are real reasons why people on the left like these people. They, they've been elected for a reason. They won for a reason. And if you're not going to understand your opponent's appeal, it's going to be impossible for you to defeat that person. It really is. 
I'm, you need Mike, to, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you go, but I, I want to let this guy who's real. He's a loudmouth, but I love him. He's cool. I, I might not agree with this fucker. I'm gonna let Lance talk, but you know what? He's. he's of course, cool. I don't agree a lot. There, there you go. <laughs> All right, Vlad. Thanks for calling. I appreciate it. All right, Lance. Hey, Lance. Lance makes an appearance. We should all bow down. Mike, Mike, Hello. Mike, Mike, Mike. Lance, Lance, I, I hear rumors you're the new king of England. So, um, oh, I love the queen, man. I'm, I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm somewhat sad. You know. Are you sad about uh, the queen? Are you sad about the queen? Yeah, but, but before I get to that, man. Yeah, I want to talk about the queen a little bit. If, um. For any reason, whoever runs a room, you know, if someone's going off a little much or whatever, I, you know, I'm not immune from that. It's all good. You got to let you go, man. Mute. But no, but wait. If you mute me and you make one last cut, well, there was Lance, Baba Pika, Duke, Deke. I love him. I hate him, whatever. But you guys went on and you were discussing what I was saying and you didn't bring me back in. And ah, that ain't cool. Are you you're still on this? That's why I boycotted you again. So that's two strikes. Now, who, oh, what the God. what the flock do you care whether I'm in your little call room or not, or whether I ever whether I boycotted it forever or not? I get who cares. But you know, twice now I was like, yeah, come on, Mike's a good faith actor, you know. But no, I just you know, if you got to cut me off and let me go, that's cool. Lance, but Lance. not if you're going to continue to disgust me when, Lance, when after you mute me. That ain't cool. Disgust you, people. Don't, yes, Lance, you did. You did it twice. You did it twice. And I like you, Mike. No, no, we don't discuss you, Lance. Someone might say, "Oh, I want to disagree with something Lance said." That's not discussing Lance. That's discussing an issue you spoke about. That's a difference than saying, you know what, that guy, Lance, blah, 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 blah. That, see, there's a difference, Lance, between discussing an issue that you spoke about and discussing you. But wait a minute. But we don't. We, we, but let, let's, let's get off that track for one second. Let's get off that track for one second. Because the fact of the matter is, I do this show. It's like I do this show once every three years. I do this show five nights a week. So you could literally call back the next night and come on again and then call back the next night. And come back no, again. Back no, 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 no. Because what I'm saying is I, I treat people a certain way and it's a golden rule. So if I let someone on a show and I say, hey, buddy, yeah, I'm sorry, you're getting a little loud, did it, but Dick, I got to let you go. Boom. Then I move on. I don't talk about it. But I don't cut somebody off because, you know, stuff happens, right? I can be obnoxious. I can be an obnoxious asshole like anybody. But if I cut somebody off, I don't say, hey, now listen to what he said. See, now he said this and he said that. That's why he's obnoxious. No, then I don't discuss him anymore. That's what I say is a golden rule. And that's what you did. And it's all good. Well, I'm here. So it's water under the bridge. But if you're going to cut somebody off for whatever reason, I get it. But then you got to let them go and let you let it go on your end and not continue to discuss what they said. Because if you had to cut them off, that meant that their point wasn't worthy of discussing. Then you do. That's all I'm saying. I don't cut you off because your point's not worthy of discussing. That's not why. I right. Cut. So if you cut me off or because I'm obnoxious, which is perfectly legit because I can be that way. <laughs> but then you discuss what I but then you discuss what I said. You can't have it both ways. And say, Hey, man, you're being obnoxious. No, it doesn't matter what you're saying. Then discuss what I said. It doesn't work that way. Anyway, that's just my own thing, but it's a big deal. I'm here. We can move on. So Trump, right? Here's the thing. And I've listened to, you know, you talk, you're talking about stuff. The thing of it is, is that Trump hates you. You see, Trump hates you. And I totally get Trump, by the way. Obama was at least 75%, if not twice, 
as destructive and harmful than Trump. Also Clinton, also Bush. Mm -hmm. So Clinton, Bush and Obama were way more destructive to America in foreign policy mm -hmm. and even in terms of a lot of domestic stuff than Trump ever thought of being. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. But this right. is what I don't get is that and I, I don't get what on the left is why people don't understand that it's not apocryphal and it wasn't a tiny you know, percent of people that voted for Sanders in the primary. And said, fuck you, Hillary, I'm voting for Trump in the general, you know, in 2020. Right, right, right. <laughs> and so <laughs> my point is that, see, I'm an anti-ismist, so it's not about, well, yeah, Trump has some good points, Biden has some, no. Fuck the, of course, fuck the Democrats and Republicans, but you know what? Fuck the Libertarians and fuck the Working Families Party and fuck the Green Party and fuck the Democratic Socialists. They're all full of shit. They're all corrupt. They're all grifters. Okay. And sometimes it's because you have to, right? If your life is a green party and you're like getting 1% of the vote, what do you got? I know Howie Hawkins. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know me by name, but I, I, we've been in the same, we both worked at UPS. We're both UPS or Teamsters, local 317 Syracuse. He's from Syracuse. Oh, really? Huh. Really? He's from okay. Syracuse, my hometown, right? right. And so <laughs> Howie Hawkins is never going to be president. Howie Hawkins is brilliant. He could win the debate against anybody of any party at any level internationally. He's mm -hmm. super smart, but he's always got to run for something bigger than he is. Some people just aren't going to win a certain race. Now, he did good by running for governor. He got him on the ballot for a certain number of years. New York's one of the worst states to try to get on the ballot or try to vote. All right. But he's always got to run for president, be the big fish in the small pond, instead of running for fucking Congress and being able to do, you know, C-SPAN speeches like Gingrich did in the empty chamber where he would at least be heard. He, you know, so in other words, I'm not, you know, who the fuck am I to say, oh, yeah, Howie Hawkins, presidential candidate for the Green Party, and I'm better than him or some bullshit. No, I'm not worse than him. But you know what I mean? So it's not like sour grapes, like, oh, you know, I'm smarter than him. No, it ain't that. It's like, come on, man, you know, get it together. And no, all the fucking parties, and I'm sorry, it ain't the, it ain't the conservatives. They ain't going to save us. You know what I mean? Like the non-Republican, like honest to goodness, good faith conservatives. Right. Any more than the honest to goodness, good faith Liberal progressives on the left? No, they all got their heads up their ass. Right. Well, look, I I, I voted for Howie Hawkins because I was once again not going to vote for. I didn't like either Biden or Trump, so I didn't. Did you really? Yeah. Well, yeah, because I wasn't going to vote for Biden or Trump, so I voted for Howie Hawkins. But uh, that's the whole thing. I didn't vote for Howie Hawkins because I'm like, oh, I love Howie Hawkins. Oh, I'm a, such a, a huge Howie Hawkins guy, <laughs> you know. But most of the people who voted for Howie Hawkins didn't do that. Most people who vote for a Green Party candidate doesn't think, oh, my God, that person is the best. I've, I've never heard someone so brilliant in my life. It's just that they, they're, they're tired of the they, they don't want to do the lesser of two evil crap of the Democrats and Republicans. But the fact of the matter is, is that Howie Hawkins, like you said, all right, he's never going to be president. That's I wouldn't call that a brilliant prediction. It's 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 it's, it's obvious. But people like that are are, are mo more likely than not to actually believe what they say. They're not phonies. They're not in it for the money. They're not in it for the fame. They're not in it for celebrity. They're not in it to become rich and, you know, be, be elected to public office and become wealthy like, like the Nancy Pelosi's of the world. They're in it because they really believe in what they believe in. And they believe their way is, is the righteous way. And their way is going to so help. What? So what? All that and six bucks. 
okay? We'll get you a Starbucks latte. He's not in it to win elections at the grassroots level and run for dog catcher and run for school board. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. got that kind of clout. Right. Okay? If he wanted to take his you know, gubernatorial personality and his presidential personality, okay, and get down into the dirt in Syracuse, where is he? I don't see him around town. Okay, I see him. He's a, he's good, I see him when he's running for something. Because my good friend, one of my best, the girl that I was with, I lived with her for years. It's like it's like Gary Bonaparte's sister, who's like how he's one of his best friends, who does all the signs for him. Okay, so I'm tangentially, you know, in, in his circles and shit. And he ain't doing dick for the local people. He's too busy running around the country doing lectures. Yeah, maybe he gives every penny to the cause. I don't give a fuck if he lives in a fucking in the woods. <laughs> But he just wants to have a bigger megaphone and a bigger metaphone. Okay, I'm starting. And, you know, it's not aspirational. I've got the jail ministry, this group called the Jail Coalition. I've got SCORE. I'm going to start a fucking cafe that's going to be run and owned, the worker co-op, by prisoners, primarily. We're going to hire, it's going to be homeless people and disabled people as well. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so it's like, you know, that's what he wants to do. Okay, he wants to go and get, you know, and, you know, and, and you know what? It's like some of these people, like, I don't know, man. You know, I like Cordell West a lot, right? But Chris Hedges is like doing the real deal. He's teaching prisoners at Rutgers and shit. Okay, but no, I think Cornell West is more interested in hanging out with his Harvard buddies who are socialists. No, I'm sorry, I listened to him, and he's like, "Hey, man, Harvard, Harvard alumni, right?" You know what Chris Hedges and Richard Wolf say? About their fucking Harvard degrees, it doesn't mean shit. Cornell, he liked being in the club. All right, and I like Cornell West a lot, but he also backs the MPP and Nick Brana. No, Nick Brana is a scumbag junior high school level, intellectual lightweight, political, infantile, immature dick. Right. You know, know and if Cornell West is backing him, then that's. Cornell from Bernie, you know, Bernie's campaigns. Cornell was very big with Bernie. Very, you know, uh, he truly believed in him. He'd go to all his events. You know, he was out here when the DNC had their convention in, in, the, in the Moscone Center in San Francisco. That's where I saw him. You know, he, 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 he's been there for Bernie, you know, and he really he believes it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know. I know he's an intellectual guy when he speaks. He's brilliant. I think Cornell West. You know, I've never had any problem with the way he speaks or his thoughts or his thought process. Um, uh, once again, these are all people who, before COVID, uh, I really believed in. Before the last two and a half years, I, I really believed in in these people and what what they believed in. But there was. N- their two and a half years of COVID and the way they responded or didn't respond to it and the way they did not question big pharma and the way they did not question lockdowns. They did not question all these vaccine passports and mandates. And they didn't question anything, anything that didn't come out of the mouth of big government or big pharma, or big media. Has Wait, Mike, am I wrong? Did you, did you switch from like being fairly far left to fairly far right? So is that, am I wrong? I forgot about that. Is that I, I what happened? I, I, was, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I was ever fairly far left. And I certainly don't think I'm fairly far right now. But I, I think that I've certainly seen that big government is more, big government is more of a detriment than a help. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I, I have to say that the conservatives were right. This is what liberals don't get. And it's like I, I have a, you know, a strong enough sense of self and sense of strength of my own opinions that if I'm running wrong, I'm wrong. Oh, my God, was I wrong? <laughs> right. Because it's like if you're if you're always worried about defending yourself, that means you don't have a, a backbone to begin with. But right. if you can admit, so I'll defend, defend, defend. No, 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 no. But the, I don't, I'm not somebody that's going to dig in when, oh, shit. Okay, wrong. Okay, I was digging in, but now I got to dig back. And I think you're that kind of guy, too. That if somebody just, you know, knocks you in the head enough time with, with logic, and I'm not saying you, I'm saying me, too, right? Mm-hmm. Eventually, yeah. you might change your mind because you did. All right. On the backs, no, it was never a well thought out kind of sort of. We thought it was the right thing to do at first, but then we had to defend it. No, they knew what was going on with the science. Right. They knew what the vax thing. It was like nine eleven. They were just waiting for it to happen so they could so they could put up ten more layers of bullshit on our heads with surveillance and militarization. That's exactly what this whole thing was from day one when right. they first knew about the pandemic. I was totally wrong. I was wiping my groceries and bullshit. No herd immunity. Get it because everybody's going to get it. And the thing once they knew about it was a novel virus. Yes, it was different, but it was a SARS. They knew about these types of viruses, and they knew that this was going to be. Be one of those and, and and even early on they were saying this when they first closed down things in, in uh, spring of 2020 they said this thing's going to spread fast we don't know how deadly but it's one of these really highly contagious things therefore we're not going to vax our way out of anything that's that highly contagious it doesn't matter you're going to all have to get it at some point they knew that from jump they closed us down and made us back to make us to, for authoritarianism for the lockdown and for pharma to make a bazillion gazillion bazillion billions of dollars off the vaxes it was always about profit and and authoritarian Stasi state lockdowns. It was never about health. It was never about yeah. No. Well, I mean, let's let's look at. I was not another issue. Let's look at just. I just want to take this for a second. I want to take immigration as an issue, okay? And I, I, I let's say I take the left issue, the left take on immigration, right? Which is we got to be kinder and gentler and let people in and blah 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 blah. Okay. But the, my problem is is well, that wasn't Bernie, have, by the way. Bernie's not pro-immigration. By the way, no, but he's also has he's also was against the wall. He wasn't for the wall either, you know. So it's you know, I, I, you I, I, the problem the problem here is this is that when something gets so bad, you may have to do things you're not comfortable with, like like build a wall. You know what I'm saying? So and it's gotten so bad. But my problem with that one issue is the hypocrisy of the Democrats. You remember how the Democrats were crying about how Trump was. Um, you know, kids in cages and separating kids from the parents and all that nonsense. And it was overblown, by the way. It happened, but it was overblown. Obama, Biden, Obama wait, wait, right. Obama, right. That's a, that's there's there's hypocrisy in itself. But but now we're seeing with the Biden administration, all this fentanyl, right, that's coming in. This is not something that is happening as much on the Trump. It's happening now. It's exploding the fentanyl issue. And we're seeing kids separated from their parents again, kids dying in that river, kids drowning, migrants ending up in, in coming in trunks and ending up suffocated and dead. And the Democrats are just totally silent about it. So when these atrocities happen at the border under Donald Trump, they go insane. They call him a fascist. But when they happen under when they happen under Joe Biden, oh, it's not an issue, right? When they happen under Joe Biden, Lance, it's not a problem. We're not even going to talk about it. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't see the issue. So it's this, it's this like total hypocrisy. It's this total hypocrisy 
that that really bugs me. And oh, I, yeah. you know, so when you start seeing things like that happen, it'll turn you off to a party. And that's another issue with the Democrats is that the hypocrisy fueled by their incredible warped minds when it comes to Trump and the Trump derangement syndrome. That's been a huge problem with them. I was only, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, again, let me piggyback. I was only half joking when I said to some folks, look, we might as well have Trump because once we get Biden, just like Obama, we're going to turn our heads to all the same bad bullshit that the government's going to do no matter what. And at least with Trump, <laughs> oh, it's Trump, it's got to be bad. Good or bad, they fucking did their job. They did scrutinize the president every day of his presidency, good or bad, (laughs) even if it was wrong. So now they're going to be hands off like they were with Obama for eight years. And now here they are. I say, we might as well have Trump because at least we're going to like get scrutiny about all the bad shit the government does. Well, (laughs) and and, and like I said, the the numbers don't lie. There's more of a problem with the border now under Biden than Trump. There are more people coming in. Okay. One reason or another, they think Biden's nicer, whatever it may the fucking be. The question, the answer is that the, the numbers are the numbers, and they're coming in under Biden more than under Trump, twice as many. But the Democrats are totally silent about it. They're like totally silent. They don't care. In other words, they could be half of them. Half of them are not terrorists, but there are a small percentage of them that could be. They're not being vetted. You know, you can't come into this country without a vaccine, without vaccine papers. Yet the migrants can come in through Mexico and they don't have to have any kind of vaccine papers, any kind of checks whatsoever. It's that kind of it's that kind of hypocrisy that's so obvious on a daily basis that it makes my stomach turn. Be consistent. Be consistent. That's all I want is consistency. You know what? If you have a problem with the way migrants are, are being treated under Trump, you have to feel the same way about Biden. You have to be consistent about it. Be consistent. If you're, if you're, if if you want vaccine, if you want people from Europe to have vaccine papers to get in here, then you have to make sure that people coming in through Mexico have vaccine papers. Be consistent and don't give these bullshit excuses like Christine Jean Pierre gives on a daily basis. Well, they're, they're a different story. They're they're migrants. Why is it a different story? They're people. They're people. They're humans. They should all be treated fairly and the exact same way. In fact, it's much more likely that tourists coming from Europe are are safer, have less diseases than migrants coming from Nicaragua and Mexico. Please make it make sense. Have some common sense. That's all I ask. Mike, the U.S. had per capita like the most death from COVID of like any modern country. Okay, we're talking like poor countries coming in, but the idea that like, come on, man, this is America because we're like, you know, we take care of our people when it comes to pandemic. No, we didn't. Well, we literally had more deaths than any other modern country per capita. Well, but right? Daniel brings up the real good point about that, which is the obesity issue here that a lot of other countries don't have. And the obesity percentage. Oh, so that's a great, that's a great, that's a great reasoning. Well, you know, come on, give us a break now. The only reason we have more pandemic deaths is because we have the most fucked up healthcare system in the world to begin with. That's a good point. Yes, that's a big part of it. And we do not talk about obesity here. We don't go after obesity. Okay. They went after COVID for two and a half years. Go after Right, right, right. Let me ask you a question, Mike, to kind of like broaden the subject just slightly, right? Now, if I was... 
candidate, say, on the left, because mm-hmm. I don't think it would work on the right. Yeah. Now, you know what the OECD is? I don't know what it's, what that word, what the letters mean. It's the 40, It's I think it's 38 countries. It fluctuates, but it's like relatively modern country because there's like the G7, then there's the G20, right? Yeah. yeah. But then there's the OECD, which is like double the G20. It's about 40 countries. Right. And it includes like Chile, Colombia, mm-hmm. the BRIC countries, Brazil, you know, like second world countries that are functioning pretty, pretty well. Latvia, I think, Estonia, right? Like that. Okay, America on obesity, on mortality, on education, anything, everything, whatever, quality of life issues and standard of living issues, right? Right. Especially quality of life because with standard of living on average, it's like, yeah, Bill Gates and five and, ten, and nine other people, they average a billion, you know, $10 billion. And they, all right, we're at the best, at the best. We're not at the top of anything. We're at the best in the middle and we're at the bottom of 38 countries. In like I said, in healthcare, universal health, who has universal healthcare? Who has guaranteed paid family? Who ha- who lives a lot? Okay, and this is what I want to do. I want to take it like Limburger cheese, and <laughs> I want to put it and I want to put it under the nose of every politician of every party and say, I want this. I want what Chile and Colombia and Latvia. Not what. Okay, fuck Germany and Scandinavia. Oh, but it's so. I want what those countries have. Why can't Americans have what Latvia and Chile and Colombia have in terms of in terms of healthcare? You all, oh, they all have universal health. We're the only one. Okay, I want to know that. And somebody can answer that because ideology, because America, because exceptionalism, because we're great, because we're Christian, because we're this. Go ahead, explain it. Why can't we have that with the richest country in the history of the world? The people, Ever. Yeah. This sacred constitution that these well, Enlightenment the, founders with their flaws created. And yeah. somehow we're in last place out of 40 countries. I know. Why? I know. And why can't we have that? Why Look, can't we have mass transit? You know, well, listen, all that. Listen, forget, we'll get on mass transit. But if you want to talk about the, the health care system, there, there are people, the people who are against universal health care, right? Let's say the people more center right who are against the universal health care system will say, will tell you, Lance, would say, I'm playing devil's advocate. Would say that those countries' healthcare systems, the 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 kind of healthcare you get there, is shit, and the kind of healthcare you get here, if we had that kind of system, would become shit. In other words, shit doctors, shit nurses, shit healthcare, and uh, we we don't we you, you wouldn't have the top notch, you wouldn't have the top notch best of the best that we have now here. That's what they'll say. But we die young. Wait, 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 Mike. Mike, they did a thing where they took all people with like Cadillac insurance in yep. uh, England and America. And this is, there's also been re- overall. Yeah. Oh, we just need better access to our wonderful health care. They took people that are fully insured, like people in Congress, 100% in America and in the, uh, the uh, 20 events, the 21, the G20, basically. And we're right. in last place. No, no, we have we have worse outcomes, even if you take away poor people. No, no. Compare rich to rich, we still die younger. Absolutely. No, look, look, the fact of the matter yeah, is. Care. Yeah, the so fact that, matter. that argument that no, 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 America has the best health care in the world. We just need better access for people. To, no, even at the very top. Right. Americans die younger, oh. rich Americans die younger than rich Brits and rich French and rich Germans. So right. it ain't, no, 
No, and I, and I think that, I mean, selling, we'd like to demonize other countries. That we, there's, it's easy to demonize other countries when people you're demonizing them to don't really know what it's like in those other countries, right? <laughs> so you could say this shit, this shit, and you go to other countries and you ask people how they feel about their health care and they'll say it's great. Like we've also, people have often demonized the Canadian healthcare system and the French healthcare system. Yet you go to these countries, I live in Canada for two years, and people there had no problem with their healthcare system. They love their healthcare system. Oh, yes, I could show my card and I go into the hospital. I show my card and I can see a doctor. And they love it. And they don't, and they fight. You know how you know, how you, know they love it? They fight. They'd fight to the death if they tried to take it away from them. They'd fight to the death if they tried to take it away from them. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's like this, right, Mike? So if, if I take all the Trump, and you know, Trump's popular in Europe. And you know how these call-in jokes, I love talking to folks that are calling from Europe. Right about the parliamentary system. It ain't no utopia. They're getting fucked too. Okay, but (laughs) while they're getting fucked, they still get six weeks of you know vacation. They get a year of family leave. They get cheap or free. You know, (laughs) so while while they're you know universal health care. Excuse me. And I joke and I say, uh, what if they said? Because I'll say with Trump, you know, say I I, I, and it's like if Trump what. Excuse me, <clears throat> Marie Le Pen. All these people, right? And they do. They like Trump. I said, okay, Trump's going to get over the say. All right, we're, we're going to do a Trump thing here. We're going to do American Trump is. We're going to take away your universal health care because we're free. We're, yeah, we're well, they never go. They free. never win. They never. We're, we're going to give you a choice. We're not going to make it all one. One one choice is the government takes care of everything. No, nah, we're going to give you a choice, but you got to pay for it. And we're going to take away all your uh, unions or uh, yeah, family leave. No, 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 because you know women got to you know. Come on, man. We need to get rid of abortion. We're going to overturn all your abortion rights because they've, all, you know, flip flop with us when they were. Have, all right. And no more. And we're going to have women. No more. Right. We're going to say that. No, uh, you know, uh, no more uh, family leave. Right. For women. We're going to keep the kids. No more, uh, you know, education, free or cheap. It's either free or cheap in every country. No more free or cheap education. We're going to have student loans and you're going to take your chances with them. They would tar and feather Trump and or whoever and, and, and send them out on a you know ride them out of town on a rail. They would get the guillotines out. They would get the guillotines out. That's what they. That's what and, they would and, do. And, and and it's your show. And I, you know, you let me talk a lot. So no. what do you think about this? You know, you know whose fault it is. Who? Your fault. Wait a minute. It's your fault <laughs> and my fault. It's the citizen's fault because I'm a populist, and it one to only one of two things can be true. Either. We're done. We're, our goose is cooked, which it kind of is, and they got it all control. Or the people have some fucking power and just don't use it. And I got to believe the latter. And it's not just apocryphal because here's what Chris Hedges said. You know, you know what happens with revolutions? It doesn't happen from bloody civil wars. It happens when, and he gave two examples. It happens when half a million people surround the Capitol day in and day out for weeks at a time. There was yeah. somebody from like Eastern Europe, or, you know, uh, former Yugoslavia or Northern Africa when they had their thing, whatever it was. And the guy went on a, a, a like a, a, it wasn't a, like a, 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 you know, a summit with some other countries or whatever from the region. During that two weeks, every single night, half a million people surrounded the capital, occupied the ground every single day for two weeks. The guy said, you know what? I kind of like it here. Maybe I'll just go into exile. He never came back. And so, you know, when that happened, this is something Chris Hedges and other people talked about. They know that they can't just send the army that's like burn pits and getting fucked, 
you know, they'll fight a war and they'll, they're patriotic, but they're not going to go slaughter Americans in the street because the government says that we don't like the protests ultimately. And if there's safety in numbers, man, and once enough Americans rise up and Christian Smalls, the union guy from Staten Island, he's organizing, a, a, I think, a national general strike for 2024, probably around election time. But anyway, what do you think about all that? That that ultimately we have the power, and and George Carlin said this. You know why we have shitty politicians that are just a piles of vomit and turds? Because we're a population of vomit and turds. That's what we are. We've dumbed ourselves. We don't we don't fight back about the education system. We've allowed ourselves to be dumbed down. So we have we get what we what we are. Right. The politicians and the government is a reflection of the populace. And we're a bunch of assholes, and that's why we have a bunch of assholes running the government. Eh, you know, I'll leave you with that. Thanks, Lance. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, well, that's a nice thought for the weekend, right? Let's, how nice, pleasant thoughts for the weekend. Well, I just want to leave you on this. We'll talk more. Um, I was going to talk a little bit today, but we've gone over an hour. It's getting late here. But Nick, I want to talk a little bit next week. Remember, Monday night, I'll, I'll, I'll be back on time, I promise. Monday night at 11 p.m. Eastern, 2 a.m. Uh, sorry, 11 p.m. Hello, Mike. 11 p.m. Pacific. 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. We'll talk more about uh, the Queen. I, w- I, want people to, I want people to call in and tell me if they care about this monarchy stuff. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that on Monday because we're going to have a whole weekend of, you know, the, what are they doing? 10 days of mourning now, Operation London Bridge is falling down, something. So we'll talk more about that next week because we talked a lot today, you know, about our our form of government here. And uh, let's talk about something that's not necessarily a form of government anymore, but is it is it is the monarchy going to survive? Is the monarchy going to survive or is it just going to fade away? Um, but uh, I'll leave you on this, just a one pleasant note for the weekend. If you're looking to do something, if you're looking to see a movie, um, you could go see, uh, if you like horror movies, if you like horror movies, um, you can go see uh, a film. Uh, there are two horror movies that are out right now. I saw two of them. One one is really good, one sucks. All right. So maybe we should maybe we should go into The Invitation. That's the one that sucks. Don't see The Invitation. It's kind of like a gothic, you know, vampire if you want to talk about the British, British vampires, and it's it's actually it's, it's just a retread, and it takes forever to get to where it's going, and it never gets anywhere. And one of the things that's all the film that's all lead up basically with no payoff, or the payoff is just basically Grand Guignol, you know, garbage. So I would not go see the invitation. <clears throat> but Barbarian is is fantastic. I would absolutely recommend Barbarian. The thing is, if you go see the movie Barbarian, you may never go to another Airbnb ever again in your life takes place in an airbnb or the basement anyway of an airbnb and it's really creative film um doesn't take itself too seriously enjoys toying with the audience our expectations takes us in a million different directions uh uh has a little bit of john carpenter to it even a little bit of scorsese at the end um it's 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 actually incredibly well directed it's one of those films that's basically so well directed and the director knows exactly what they want to do it's no problem, you know, uh, uh, playing with the audience and thinking you're going it's one way, then it goes in another way, mixing genres, missing. It's 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 actually incredibly fun. You know, people who, who, who want to have fun, who like being scared and having fun being scared. It's not for everybody. But if you're one of those people that are really into horror films and, and like being scared and just appreciate just incredibly good camera work and the way great camera work 
you know, horror films, and I think John Carpenter understood this, if you've seen like Halloween, horror films really work basically on a lot of great camera work, music, the combination of camera work, music, setup, payoff, and being able to really play with the audience. That's something Carpenter could do. It's something that, uh, that uh, Hitchcock was great at, just playing the audience like a piano. And I think that's what Barbarian does really well. And um, it understands that it's a, uh, a, a, a grade B horror film. And it just revels in the fact that it's a grade B horror film. And I think that it's just a fun time. And I think it's a good two hours of just total escapism. And uh, it's a really good horror film. And I think it's going to get a cult following. So don't go see The Invitation. Go see Barbarian if you want to have a good time. And just escape all this Michigas for a couple of hours. All right. All this bad news. All right. And that's how I'm going to keep the week. I'm going to end the weekend on that note. All right. So this has been, uh, end the week on that note, start the weekend. And this has been in Let's Be Heard. My name is Mike Atropoli. Remember, always remember, vote Democrats out of office. Vote them out now. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Be right back here on Monday night. See you then.